And if you don't like what we tell you to believe in, we'll kill you. Welcome to The Daily Show at 1015. This is the good stuff, the right stuff. Men of our race are still being born with the right stuff. I forgot what I was going to say. It's fine. It's 1015. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I was waiting for the... It's not 1015 yeah. on the Beast Coast. It's 1152. But it's episode 1015, so don't be confused about which time zone you might be in. I feel like that bit's getting a little tired. I hope everyone survived their their green beer weekend. I did. Oh, right, yeah. I was drinking, yeah. Oct- drinking Oktoberfest on your birthday, Alex. Did I was I drinking some sort of liquor garbage, and then I had a mild hangover the next day. Ah, good it. for you. I think I have a cough now. I have a cold, so incoming rants about normal things in your everyday life mm-hmm. that alienate you from my commentary. So hopefully we won't get that far. I don't feel as depressed this time. I'm just sick. I'm not really sick. A little cough. So I've actually so I'm I smoking I have a little away. bit of content. Oh! For today, but that's, don't, we don't have to do off, it. We wanted to do something else, but one thing that a lot of people have been doing is we are at the 20th anniversary of the Iraq War. That is something oh, that, that yeah. I think we just hit that date. I'm not exactly sure what the date is, but it's right around now. I think maybe a couple of days ago. What, what is it? Um, yeah, it was March. It feels right. Yeah, it was March 2023. Oh yeah, yeah, that was we, we just got trapped in a cycle of violence with the uh, the Iraq. Yes, yeah, 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 just, just a cycle like, of violence. Yeah. We created a lot. Of, we, 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 of we created a lot of uh, faceless, limbless, you know, uh, casualties that have to live difficult lives, and God knows how many of them are out there thriving at this point. That was a good. That it was good was stuff. Twenty years ago today that we invaded Iraq, March 20th, 2003. So there we go. There were bad guys on both sides, and their, their mistakes were made. And uh, there were good people on both sides too. Yeah, there were good, yeah there were good people on both mm. sides. It's just very tragic what happened there. A lot, a lot of yes. a lot of people were yeah. just tra- trapped in in this need to enact revenge on each other. Uh, the cycle just continued way too long. It's very sad. Yeah, it's just a tragedy all the way around. Yeah, there's really nothing else. There's really no lessons that could be drawn, or no really sort of specific things specific conclusions that we can draw from any of this we can't really because this is just the human condition isn't it just the human condition like the, these things just happen and all oh, these cycles and these aggressions and we have to just throw our hands up sometimes people are just do things it's just messy sometimes humanity is just messy always cycles with this guy this fucking bicycle really, guy over here can't really just uh, a cyclist really what about the ammonia cycle or the nitrogen cycle <laughs> But anyway, I was thinking about uh, the carbon fiber cycle. So yeah, I mean, so <laughs> some people have been talking about this. What's funny is, is, is there's a deep irony of the ICC, International Criminal Court, ah, which is yeah, totally right, right, right. objective and unbiased. This is definitely an institution you can trust. They definitely are just only going after like people who objectively meet some kind of criteria as an international criminal or a war criminal. They have declared Vladimir Putin ah. a war criminal and issued an arrest warrant. Okay. And it's just ironic 
that this happens, or maybe it's not ironic. Maybe it's just what is it? I don't know what is the term. On the same day, or this right around the same time of the 20th anniversary of the Iraq War, when like none of these people, none of these people have had an arrest warrant or even a potential charge of having been a war criminal. I mean, people would say it all the time. Bush war criminal. It's not even just Bush. There's like far many other people, most of them Jewish, who qualify on this grounds. And um, they destroy – it's important to understand, like, the, the current situation in the Middle East can – now, the Middle East was a mess before. But destroying Iraq made it so much worse. But in the end, it also has now sown the you seeds just, for many, many of the dynamics we see which just, are harming America you just, today. You just reminded me of the one funny joke John Stewart made about all that. He would show a map of Iraq and it said, mess, oh, Potamia. Whenever he would talk about the war, it was, it was pretty good. I always liked it. I remember that, and I always thought, like, you know what know. pissed me off about that? I'm not going to lie and say I didn't laugh at mess Opatamia. I, I Even as a rabid it. neocon Republican true believer that was like, rah, rah, we got to get him. I thought that was funny. I felt like it was sort of like he was just, like, trivializing the whole thing and making, like, a joke out of it, which is fine, I guess. It's okay I mean, to joke Jew, about right? terrible things. I'm not, like, a pro-clutcher. But I also just hated John Stewart, so I wanted a reason to not like what he did. Mm-hmm. So I just found any reason, even if it was not totally principled. Like, yeah, he made a joke out of something awful. I, I do that all the time, but like, well, I'm going to criticize him because I just don't like him. He made a joke out of something awful <laughs> that he was probably secretly a for on some level because he's Jewish, right? Like, he had to go or, or at the very the, least, uh... what he was for was not letting anybody know that the issue was Jewish. Because every Jew, and, and basically, even this goes even to like Noam Chomsky. Who, who these anti-war Jews, I'm willing to believe somewhere in their hearts or their souls or something, like they genuinely think that war and killing is bad or something like that. But they're not willing to condemn it enough to expose what's actually going on. So Noam Chomsky is one of the most anti-war and oftentimes even anti-Israel, known as a big critic. They call him a, and, and Jignads hate him. They literally hate him. And they put him on lists and stuff. But when you listen to him, his narratives actually don't jive with the reality and and um i remember i was talking to some of our guys recently who had uh it's not too not so recently like a couple of years ago who had been arguing with some chomskyites um like true believing like leftist anti-war chomskyites people who basically take this guy's word as as like you know as gold and he couldn't get through to them the idea that like israel controlled america because he tells you the opposite right he tells you that and and the thing is it doesn't make any sense the way that uh things actually shake out in the real world the relationship between these two countries that like america because his whole thing is america uses israel as an armed outpost to destabilize the middle east to get oil and i'm like yeah but see the thing is that doesn't actually happen (laughs) and it doesn't make sense no it doesn't make any sense where's that i'm retarded i'm retarded do, do, do we do that with any other resource that we desire? No. Can no. you give me an example of we, something else that America any... desires as, an, as a resource that we, we go is... and we stir up conflict in the region because that's going to be the way to make sure that resource doesn't get interrupted? Is there any other resource that we're addicted to? Addicted to Right. Oil. Well, this, this is something that's very easy for you to get people. One, it, it's, it's an effect. I, I, even when I was – an anti-war Iraq war protester. And, and I wasn't like where I am on the Jewish question 20 years ago. I didn't have the same exact views, 
but I was getting kind of close. And I knew, I knew at the very least, he's. Oh, 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 you don't like interruptions. Well, this is a different kind of an interruption. This is a pre-recorded interruption to remind you that you wouldn't be hearing this interruption if you would actually pony up, support our work here at TRS, and buy a subscription to the show. It's only $10 a month, uh, un- un- unless you're using, like, e-checks. Then there's some extra fees, because the e-checks fucking suck. Don't use those. The point is, we need your support. You can't use credit cards anymore. It's kind of a pain in the balls, but we still need you to help us out. And if you're enjoying the content, uh, these silly commercials will go away. We won't bother you anymore if you just do. So go to the rightstuff.biz slash paywall. Uh, make an order. You can use Z-checks. You can mail in a money order. You can use a bunch of different cryptocurrencies, all which suck and are annoying, but we'll get it figured out. Or you can go to my Odyssey channel, Uncle Spend's Other Tone Stream, and you can... Uh, Give me a donation there and send me a screenshot of the transaction. We'll get you figured out. So, yeah. I guess any second now we'll go back to the show. I don't know when because I don't want these to be quick and predictable so that you can't just skip through them to make them go away. So this one's going to be a little extra long. But, yeah, you need a subscription. You need a subscription. Israel and neocons were Jews and were doing it. I was willing to believe at that time there were good leftist Jews that were against it and like the Jewish community was divided. I believe that at that time, but I was under no illusions that this was done for oil and I was under no illusions that this wasn't a Jewish plot and this wasn't um, done for effectively long-term strategic goals of Israel. And this is also something that can be proven. It can be fucking proven. And I have proven it. I've proven it. Many others before me proved it, even before I ever wrote about this. But the Clean Break memo, the memo that was written by the uh, Institute for Advanced Strategic Studies in Israel, Israeli think tank. The Clean Break was not. Many people think it was written by Project for a New American Century. It was not. It was written in Israel in 1996. And then in 1997, and I could be getting these, I could be lying with an agenda about these years, but they're roughly correct. I have to go back and look at my article. 1997 is when Richard Pearl, who was also the head of of the Institute for Advanced Strategic Studies in Israel, formed PNAC in America, and basically issued uh, a, a, a thing that was a, a, the same. The same doctrine was rewritten for that. So, so this is unquestionably a Jewish thing, and yes, the idea that it could be that America uses Israel as an outpost that doesn't make sense because, as you said, why if you just want oil? In fact, the better way of looking at a country that we use because we just want oil would be Saudi Arabia, which is there. We don't give any shits about democracy. We never criticize it as an anti-democratic country, even though it's one of the least democratic countries in the world. It's a total, it's like a brutal, because not only is it a monarchy, like you could have a monarchy that was somewhat popular with people where they actually like their rulers. That's not true. People in Saudi Arabia hate the ruling family and they rule with like a brutal iron fist with like totally arbitrary laws that are evil and capricious towards the citizens. And yet we tolerate this and even prop them up because of oil. That's something where you could you could reasonably look at that relationship and say, well, we tolerate this government that goes against our values. Values, right? Goes against, it's actually it is repulsive to the average American person's value set, the, the Saudi government, as, as well as mine. I think those people are evil fucking pieces of shit scum. But um, we tolerate this just because we need what they've got. That's a that's a reasonable conclusion to draw from that. Mm-hmm. Another reason we tolerate them is because they had secret backroom deals with Israel. That might not be the case anymore. But the question is, and when people saw this Saudi Iran China deal, people were like, "How long before coup in Saudi Arabia?" 
I was like, well, I'm not going to take it off the table that that might happen. But also, given what we're already undergoing, given the shock that high oil prices have already had to our economy, with inflation, interest rates, and now banking collapses, which are seemingly actually spreading, the so-called there's no contagion in the system yet. Well, <laughs> so much for that. I'm that was still like, like just thunderstruck by the idea that if there's a resource I want, the best thing to do is stir up geopolitical instability. Like, you know, I want some timber. Let me go to this part of the world. It's got a lot of timber, and I want all the countries there to be engaged in infighting with each other because that's not going to result in like embargoes or disruptions in the supply of yeah. timber. The only resource, the only one, there's only one resource that you could want that would make sense to do that. That would be land, right? If you want land, if you want territory, it would make sense to instigate a civil war, therefore giving yourself an excuse to expand, which is exactly you could be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow, it's not as if Israel doesn't do exactly this. It's not as if they don't literally start trouble in Arab countries and then say, look, we've got no choice to, but to create a security buffer zone. Which is That's a tragic cycle of, our of violence. And, we're, yeah. we, you know, yeah. we're just trapped in it and we've got to do, right. make do with right. what we can do here. Right, right, right. right. All part of the tragic cycle. <laughs> so, Sad, yeah. really. So that's kind of my thing with these um, left-wing Jews like John Stewart or Noam Chomsky is that, yes, they I'm, I'm willing to believe that maybe they actually have these views somewhat. John Stewart, I think, is probably more because he's an actor. I think he's also a piece of shit and like he's a total fucking shyster scumbag, the piece of shit. I can't stand him. Uh, he, I think, is a total faker. Noam Chomsky, I might be willing to believe, had something. But again, he's very invested in not in making sure that you don't locate israel as like the source of these issues that that you you locate um that you look at uh is at america as the one that's abusing israel so israel is in effect like a victim of america which is just backwards and it's it's also doesn't it doesn't make sense based on how uh, the lobbying works it doesn't make sense on how the actual strategic shit what they do works and it doesn't make sense like the thing is it it, it doesn't israel is a burden it's an albatross around America's neck. It's not, I mean, from the perspective of the average American, it is not something that is like helping us or we advancing to, uh, our interests. We need to take it off of our neck, cut its head off and swing it yeah. over our heads so that all of our sins from One of the funniest disappear. things is when you get Israeli, if you ever, if you ever argue with a Jew, like in his, a pro-Israel, like a really pro-Israel Jew online, or at least encountered them, and they actually yeah. start trying to make these arguments. And anyone remember that, um, anyone remember that, uh, video came out a few years ago it's like it was like a boulder it was like it, it was like a boulder at the top of it. it was an animation and the boulder had like an isis flag it was like with 3d animation and it starts rolling down this hill and at the bottom of the hill is like a castle with all the different european flags sticking out of it and an eu flag right in the middle and then there's like this this goliath like this monster this golem this big stone monster with the big israeli flag is like running <laughs> and tries to like get in front of it and it gets in front of it and it blocks Europe from being overrun with the ISIS boulder. And then the heel of the, of the Israel monsters boot like hits a bit of the European castle and chips something off of it. And all the Europeans come out <laughs> like yelling anti-Semitic things at, at the, at the, at the Israel thing. That might and, like, this is the most dishonest illustration I've ever heard of in my entire Yeah. Life. It's complete bullshit. <laughs> it's that total is bullshit. remarkably remarkably dishonest yeah and and they and jews that say that stuff know they're lying 
And one of the funniest things that one of the best excuses wait, that wait, I've ever heard that, that was something they used to do with our foreign policy. I remember this. We'll fight them over there, so don't fight them here. Oh yeah, they used to tell us that like if we didn't, if we weren't like going into Iraq, and this is something everyone saw. At least you know, if we don't go into Iraq, like we're gonna have to deal with like more nine eleven. I was like, why? I remember saying to these people like, you know, there's an, literally an ocean between us. Yeah, yeah, it's not like. That's not credible. Also, like, why don't we just stop letting them into our country? I mean, that would make sense, right? Assuming Arabs hijacked the... I mean, I think... This I do think happened. I think, obviously, there was ultimately an Israeli intelligence plot, but don't don't ever think they can't get Arabs to do their dirty work, because they do all the time. It's literally one of their MOs. But, like, let's just say we believe the official story, right? The official 9-11 report story. Why do we let more of these people into our country after that? Why did Muslim immigration to America, which still isn't all that high, increase if they were such a threat? And of course, instead of simply shutting down the borders, what does America do? Well, America says we're going to open the borders to these things, to these people. We're going to gin up more of a scare about this security crisis, and we're going to pass a bunch of internal security laws that limit the freedom of American citizens. And then we're going to use those laws against American citizens 20 years down the line, which is exactly what's happened. And many people warned about this. This is pretty annoying, huh? All this can go away. You bought a paywall. Rightstuff.biz slash paywall. You can use crypto, e-checks, mail in a money order, or even use your credit card on Sven's Odyssey channel. The link will be below in the show notes. That's the rightstuff.biz slash paywall. And um, so there it is. Uh, but, yeah, this idea, you know, it's Israel is really just a victim of America. It's like, how do you explain what's going on now? You have Hilltop crew literally running Israel now. Like, <laughs> like they're, they're just like running it. How does America benefit from them taking out Palestinians and conquering yeah. the territory? And what what does that do for America? It doesn't do anything. But, you know, the Iraq war kicked all this off because by opening up Iraq to basically total chaos and civil war, that, of course, bled out into the other countries in the region, particularly Syria. And it's it's not a mistake that it bled out into Syria because the countries that were uh, compliant with the with the uh, with Zog sort of remained untouched. Like you haven't seen this big civil war hit Jordan. But Jordan has been – Jordan and Egypt have both – Egypt has had a lot of problems actually. But Jordan has been relatively stable and Jordan is a total bitch of Israel and America. Egypt actually, they were doing Arab Spring shit and Egypt didn't go the way they wanted. And so they crushed the Arab Spring with an iron fucking fist. Their own bullshit revolution because it didn't go how they wanted – they crushed it with an iron fist and they had a, they had this massive, I don't remember that remember, it kind of culminated in this massive, essentially massacre of the, the supporters of the, essentially the Muslim Brotherhood government did a massive protest. And then the coup, the, the America and Israel backed coup government, like killed 600 of them in, in a square in Cairo in some major fucking crazy riot that happened about 10 or so years ago. I'd have to look up exactly when. But so that shows you what they what they and then, of course, whenever America, whenever these type of things happens 
and like Zog is behind it, what they do is like, wow, wow, that looks bad. Security situation looks pretty tense there. Well, I'll keep an eye on that as if they're not involved. So, yeah, that's, I think, the issue with those type of Jews, right? Oh, is this is this blowing up Baghdad? This is shock and awe 20 years ago today. Yeah, I remember that. That's that's <laughs> us blowing up Baghdad. Yeah. Just yeah but this looks like war targets. crimes. Yeah, right. So who's getting arrested? Shocking war crimes. <laughs> I remember watching this shit on TV. So, yeah, we're just like, that's a major city with three million or so people live there. See, emergency vehicles. Something like three and a half million people live in that city. And yeah, they're just hitting all kinds of targets in that that city. Alex J. Al McNabby driving to the scene. (laughs) Are we expected to believe that nobody, none of these, all these missiles were precision targeted? Like, they they actually were telling you that. Are are these supposed to be military installations? Am I meant to infer that? Well, what they were saying was, here's what they did. Because they declared the government of Iraq the enemy. That made any government building a command and control center and a legitimate target. So where are those going to be government buildings? They're going to be in the middle of a fucking city. So you have the, the Iraqi government building in the middle of Baghdad. You are. Boom, hit it with a missile. Oh, we missed and we hit the building next door. Okay, we'll fire a different missile. So what's happening? I mean, they're just hitting our targets. I mean, look, they're talking about Vladimir Putin's like brutal, brutal missile campaigns. They're not doing anything <laughs> like this. Doing nothing like this. In fact, if they had, they would have already won. So, but you imagine what it would be like living in that city on that night? You don't know. You're going to get hit should've by a missile. Better, you never know. Could should have known better point. than to live in that city, retard. Yeah, what kind of idiots? Jeez. Why didn't they overthrow their own government? Remember that? Yeah. Like, you know, it's really wild to watch this kind of footage and then see people talking <clears throat> about January 6th and how there was an insurrection against our blessed, wonderful, democratic right. government. Well, this was right. restoring oh, democracy. Oh, man, was, I, I feel so bad. This strike was going to create democracy, whereas the January 6th riots were going to That was an attack on democracy. Yeah, right, yeah. that's the difference. Right. So this Damn. this whole war basically created all like many of the problems that ultimately um well I don't always I know some people believe in concepts of like karma and things like that. I don't always believe in that, but ultimately this did sow the seeds of the problems that we're having today. Because ultimately this stuff has led to and I could draw the chain of events. I mean, obviously this led to the conditions for the civil war in Syria. That led to Vladimir Putin siding with the Assad government against what Zog wanted to do. And this was sort of when this was when um, Vladimir Putin declared his support and started materially supporting Assad in that civil war, which started in 2011. Vladimir Putin stepped in in 2013. <coughs> the coup in Ukraine was in 2014. This is not an accident, in my opinion. I think this was a response. This was he was he was becoming an impediment to our policies, so-called our, our so-called American Israel Zog policies in the Middle East. He was shoring up a government. They were hoping that the Assad government was going to crumble and it probably would have, if not for Russia stepping in on their side. And um, remember when Trump, this is when Trump was tweeting up a storm on Twitter, telling Obama, don't make a red line. And he was right. What he was saying was correct. He was like, don't create a red line. Don't draw a red line in Syria against Russia, because if you do and you don't go to war after you draw the line, you're going to look like a pussy. And as it turned out, Obama said all this shit about like a red line and he didn't do anything. 
But the fact is they did do something. They just didn't actually send in American troops to fight in Syria and confront the Russians and try and take out Assad because that would have been retarded and they had no support for it. And they still have no support for it. After Iraq, America cannot muster any kind of support for actual U.S. troops on the ground going into other countries. They can't do it. It's politically fucking impossible, which is another problem Jews are having. Um, but that part of the response to to that um, part of the response to that invaded that support of Assad was the fucking coup in Ukraine, which of course had also been going back to the color revolutions in the early two thousands. So all of this shit, all this shit we're seeing. And that's why like, I don't, this idea of like Russia's unprovoked invasion of Ukraine. In fact, what I see this as is totally provoked invasion of Ukraine and the beginning of the unraveling of this Jewish plot and web that they have created and they have woven through all these different wars and civil wars and regime changes and color revolutions and Arab Springs and all this shit. All of these things that they've done through all their neocon foundations, Foundation for the Defense of Democracy, Freedom House, uh, PNAC, all these groups that have come and gone, uh, they're all just proxies for Jews in Israel and they're all just there to secure Israel and to allow it to expand and make sure that its enemies, the enemies, the Arabs, uh, and anyone who would support them are continually busy and getting hurt. I mean, literally, Vladimir Putin's, he they didn't like what he was doing in Georgia. They didn't like what he did in Chechnya. They had gay ops in those countries. The Russians defeated the gay ops and shored up their position in those countries um, in the 2000s. And they didn't like it, but they didn't go full bore against Russia till the Ukraine thing. They're like, we, they didn't like that he that after they did their color revolution in Ukraine. Oh, hi, guys. Here's another pre-recorded interruption, not an actual interruption. I'm just here to remind you, we need you to go ahead and pick up a subscription at the rightstuff.biz slash paywall. You can use money orders, you can use crypto, you can use e-checks, you can even go to my Odyssey channel, Uncle Spend's other tone stream, and you can use your credit card on there to get around the Jews' uh, banishment of our banking services. That works. So you can do that until you can't. I don't know. But thanks. We'll be right back to the show now. Uh, the Russians came back and their guy won the elections. So like, we can't just gay up elections anymore. And now this guy is supporting Assad. We had to do something serious. So they just basically, yeah, we're just going to do a coup, straight coup. And the government of Ukraine, I'm sorry, after 2014, the government of Ukraine was illegitimate. Hmm. It was a foreign occupation at that point. And it started to take on all the hallmarks of that. And now are people still pretending that it's like a little nationalist movement that's happening in Ukraine? I mean, anybody like saying that, somebody saying that is woefully uninformed or they're lying. Either way, you shouldn't be swayed by it because it's simply not true. It's simply not true. This was a, there was a nationalist movement in Ukraine that was exploited by Zog. It's essentially, it was essentially Zog said, okay, here is a good recruiting ground for people who will be really determined and good. Because one of the things is that nationalists, Patriot, patriots and nationalists make the best soldiers. They do, because if they believe in their cause, they're going to fight strongly. And I have sympathy for these guys because they were led, they were, but they were, they were used as effectively cannon fodder. And the fact that they were actually really good fighters and in some cases better fighters than the Russians, there just weren't enough of them. Uh, it's it's kind of like, so what? I mean, you know, Israel picked the best army in the world to be its cannon fodder, which was America until 
you know, that's probably not going to be the case anymore, but it certainly was the case in the 90s in the aughts. And, you know, for a while after Vietnam, American military didn't have much combat experience. But, boy, this Middle East and Afghanistan shit, a lot of fucking people had fucking experience fighting. So it was the best. Doesn't mean that the fact that it was the best doesn't mean that it was doing things that were good. The Ukrainian fighters were good fighters, particularly the Nationalist Battalions. Doesn't mean that what they were fighting for was something that I wanted to support. And I felt bad about it, but what can I do? I have to tell the truth, particularly in this stuff, because I want to see Zog unraveled. And it's, I think it's, it's going to unravel one way or another. Just well, it's unraveling. It, it's coming it time. apart. Time. I don't want to like overstate the fact because Zog has a lot of resources and a lot of tools up its sleeve. You never know. But right now, it's not happy. It's not happy because they are losing. They, they, they have dumped a lot of resources and energy into Ukraine. Uh, Russia has emerged stronger. They have emerged weaker. Ukraine is going to lose, and they have exposed our economies. The European economy and now our economy has been exposed to a bunch of systemic problems because ultimately these these problems stem back to the uh, rise of the price of gas due to sanctions and the cutting off of Russia gas exports to Europe is what is creating massive amounts of demand for about like much less um, less much less supply of fuel in the west prices are rising central banks raise interest rates as a result a whole bunch of banks investments are crashing out and there's nothing they can do uh and this so-called contagion it was not limited to one little bank in california now we've got credit sussy uh was just bought by ubs for like three billion in a deal that was essentially brokered by government regulators you know what's interesting is they became after the 2008 crisis it feels like they became kind of allergic to this idea of bailouts in fact you'll even read articles in the wall street journal say something like, don't say the b word like the bailout word because people it pisses people off the idea that these big banks banana make, you know make We're bad in a banana. i mean this is the most simplest the most simplest explanation of this is that these large institutions made bad bets I mean they made bad and bad financial investments when those investments ended up in losses they came begging to the government and they got their money because they're too big to fail that's the sort of the general narrative on 2008 right mm -hmm. now there's some truth to it there's a lot of truth to it but it's not the whole story and there's more complex reasons why they made these bad bets that's also something it's like for me just saying, like, the, they made bad bets. It's like, yeah, that's an interesting idea. But like, I'm kind of like, let's explore that a little bit. What does that mean? Like, what bets did they make that were bad? Why did they make them? Why did they think they were good? As it turned out, the bad bet everyone made this time around was just, like, buying <laughs> buying U.S. debt. <laughs> it's like, that was the bad bet because the value of that went down. Right. Um, and so supposedly, now I don't know because I'm not a financial nerd. Some people who are can tell me. In three months' time, there's going to be a big period of bonds coming due and therefore cash going into the coffers of these, these banks and such that hold the bonds. So that will make, that will somewhat stem this liquidity crisis. Because that's what it is, like liquidity crisis. We could, everybody, we could crash this whole thing now if everyone just took their money out of banks like today. But the problem is whenever you have a, whenever you have a, a thing – where it depends on everyone doing something kind of inconvenient and annoying like that, they're never they're never gonna do it. Like I'm not mm -hmm. gonna go and empty my bank account. That five hundred bucks is staying right where it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, I so badly want to just derail back to something. I guess you guys are talking about a prep. 
Okay, we'll, we'll we'll do that. Let me do the let me do the actual brainy content first, and we'll do this the, that stuff. But no, it's coming unraveled, and it's coming unraveled due to I could write a whole story about this. I mean, I you know it all connects. But basically, like I was like I said recently, with Warren, a military defeat always is something that that will spur a revolutionary change in a society. That doesn't necessarily mean that like. America is going to straight lose a war, but the, the defeat in Ukraine is going to be one as you it's sort of interesting, right? Think about how all these things work together as the American proxy in Ukraine or the Israeli Zog proxy in Ukraine starts to um, lose and obviously lose and, and not and it's getting to a point where it can't recover now. It's 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 getting and it's it's so bad. Even Western press is now starting to tell the truth about this. Like you're starting to see articles crop up like. Ukraine out of ammo. Ukraine has lost hundreds of thousands of people. Ukraine can't possibly sustain this fight. Like you're seeing this shit in like the Wall Street Journal now. And I'm like, why don't they why don't they fucking throw up the white flag? Like, why do more people need to die then? It's like, well, nah, because we might delay Russia for another few months and you know, that might help somehow. I don't know. But um as that happens, we're also now hit with a financial shock here. So exactly what they wanted to happen to Russia is happening here. And it's because they actually came up. You know what it is? They came up against somebody, an adversary. They just said no. They just said no. Russia is like, no, you're not going to totally turn our country into a neoliberal hell. You know know who that man was that said no? Uncle Vanya. Mm -hmm. It was Uncle Vanya. Uncle Vanya said no. Uncle Vanya said, I can make no more. I can make burgers. What do I need you for, Juice? Burgers too. I don't need. And they scoffed. They scoffed. I don't need at Uncle American Vanya's global burgers. homo capitalist infrastructure to make a burger. I, I saw an article the other day. This is, I guess, how bad the whole Zog globalist coalition is right now. There is an article written in the UK where the author was basically saying that whichever far right person <laughs> it happened to be was right about immigration. Like, we cannot take in more of these people. We don't have the resources to do it, we don't have the infrastructure. Well, this is pretty annoying. You don't want to hear my voice. You want to hear uh, Mike finish his thought, huh? But uh, you can't because you don't have a subscription. You should go to the rightstuff.biz slash paywall. Bag it. This is a bad policy. Like that's now becoming more of a mainstream position. Well, they also have to cover that position because fucking if they don't, Patriotic Alternative is just going to keep getting bigger and bigger. (laughs) Like, you know, I mean, they are going to have to. This is one of the things with when when nationalist groups like ourselves press these issues and the issues are more acute in Britain because it's a smaller country that's more urbanized and much more densely populated than America. So the issue of migration is very acute. People feel it even in the small villages and towns. And also let's be honest, it means something to be English. (laughs) Like that's a, that's a coherent thing. So when they tell you that it's, you know, in America, America has an identity crisis generally. It always has, right? Always has. That's why we say we're white, not just American nationalists. We're white nationalists because we're trying to, out of a people that's been a hodgepodge mess that doesn't really have a, a coherent identity, we're trying to forge one. That's the only option really going forward. But Britain, English means something. So when you say, like, niggers from sub-Saharan Africa can just be English, people are like, yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm just not, <laughs> I don't think so. I, don't, I just don't think so. Because uh. then, because remember the slogan that the English, when they would go fight the French and shit, they used to be, like, England for the English, right? Like, this would be a thing they would yell. It's like, what does that mean now? If everyone's mm-hmm. niggers can be English, then that just means okay. So just anybody, 
anybody, <laughs> anybody for England, any England, any England for anybody. Right. So they can, you know, those are fault lines that they can press and particularly people that have a very deep sense of being English can be, um, can be easily convinced because it's like, well, it means something. It's a ancient country. It's got a huge history. So it means something to be English. The America is going to be having though. is like, as they try to push stuff like the illegal immigration bill, uh, is these sorts of legislative changes in the UK, they've got so many fucking pajits high up in the government bureaucracy that they're not really getting anywhere. Yeah, no, there's going to be all kinds of systemic blocks to this, but the fact that they're it, it, rhetorically... That was something I thought was really funny when I was reading the article, because the, the, the author was expressing some frustration with why these policy changes weren't being implemented, and the, the individuals they were naming off, I'm like, well, it's a street shutter. They don't, they don't see things the way you see things. They're yeah. not from your country. But the other funny thing is, why, when it was still a white government, when it was still a British white British government, why did why did this also not happen? Well, that was because those people were just like being controlled by Jews. But ultimately, you create these situations. This is this is exactly the kind of situation you don't need to create. I mean, you know, Jews were kind of coming at them like, "Listen, India is a great country too. Why don't we Why don't we work with India?" You know. You have a you have a country, England, but the, India has a country too. You guys should meet together and I mean, work together. Look at, look at the irony of this image right here. What Richie Sunak? Is this Richie Sunak? Yeah. Yeah. Did you do you see that image? Stop the boats. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Wait, is that is that legit or is that a shop? No, that's no, legit. That's real. So he's he's dude. He's not going to stop the boats. <laughs> What about the camels? Oh my God. Stop the camels. <laughs> Stop the elephants. <laughs> Stop like the weird. Stop eight... the bolts. Stop yeah. the bobs. I mean. Stop, Stop the, the bobs. bobs. Yeah, Stop the bobs. <laughs> Someone should just make that say open bobs. <laughs> open the bobs. Just, just, just shop it. Yeah, that's quite funny. But they're doing that. Literally, this is – I have no problem saying they're doing that as a response to PA. Like, because if PA wasn't doing what they're doing, they, they secretly have this government in a total panic because they're getting hundreds of people. They're getting standing ovations where they go from, from average ordinary people. So it's, uh, it's a problem for them. It's a problem. It's a big issue. So – because this is an issue that – it's like there's no solving this, right? There's no solving this other than actually – a hard limit on immigration and no, kicking these people it's out. It's like you're an island. You could make it stop at any time. Right. No, I mean, they just, could just, solve just it. Like, just like <clears throat> Israel and its problems with Palestine. You could stop any time you wanted. Well, this is what's so remarkable is that when you know it's a policy that Jews don't want, when everyone starts hemming and hawing about how difficult and, and costly and, and, and how many issues it would create to do it, I'm like, so what? It's not going to create any issues. Even if it does, who cares? There'll be some issues. But, I mean, What's, there'll be issues if you don't do it. So there's issues there. The idea is you can create issues. So what? There's issues now. We have issues. Nothing but issues. So like creating issues, issues isn't, isn't even an issue. Right? It's not yeah, even a problem. There's just always this attitude of, oh, you know, it's so hard. It's going to be so hard to do that. Right. It's but it's only, But then when they're like, the yeah. Holocaust Museum needs $40 million, like, oh, let's get right on that. You know, I just I can't stop myself from bulldozing this Palestinian's house. You know, it's gonna be real hard for right. me to not encourage a response from from Hamas. You know, it's just it's very difficult. 
or I can't stop myself from just like signing another another farm worker amnesty bill. I just can't. I don't know. Like my hand just does these things on its own. Like I know that people hate it. I know no one wants it. I know it's destructive, but you know I just do it. It's just something that happens. Like I just these things, you know, they take on a life of their own. And, and at some point, you remember if you if you like food, you like food. Well, if you like food, I'm gonna have to sign this farm worker amnesty bill and let like three million more beaners I just have like permanent because if, because if we don't do that, you're not gonna have food. <laughs> I'm a big food fan. Yeah, I mean, maybe America needs a little less food. You know, it seems to be like they got plenty of food. A lot of food, lots of food, but uh, and not necessarily healthy food. Lots of food that like you know illegal Mexican labor grows very cheaply, creating massive amounts of. You know, soy and corn that just are in everything and make people fat. So yeah, but you that's, that's, the white people just don't want to work, man. Yeah, because that's work. one thing. Of all the white people I met, you know, the biggest anxiety is like, like I talk to white people a lot. I'm like, well, you know, what, what are some of your biggest anxieties? It's like, I wish I didn't. I wish I had, would lose my job. It's <laughs> 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 you know, not like the biggest anxiety for a white man. It's like I wish I could find a good paying job. It's like no. It's like I I want to not work. I really well. I mean, I understand people want to not work, sure. But generally speaking, I mean, understanding the reality that you you kind of have to work and provide for yourself. It's like, is it that they don't want to work, or is it they don't want to work for you at that particular wage that you're offering them? Well, yeah, is, there's it's that, but it's also like, yeah, I mean, there is a point at which white people will be like, no, nah, there's no point in doing that, which is of course why. Uh, the Republicans always are trying to do the thing of making sure white people get no support from the state whatsoever because they they don't want to subsidize. They want to make sure that, that, that you know, yeah, they, they, they want to they want to shepherd you back onto that treadmill. Yeah, they want you to go. They Get want you basically, the despite a total lack of of benefits or insurance or any long term security, they want to make sure you're on that you're, you're on that you're spinning on that wheel as long as you can. So that, that was another thing that had totally escaped my notice: is private pensions have disappeared. Yeah, they're gone. Like they, you they forget about it. Yeah, you might as well forget about it. Because even if you had work for a company, even if you work for a company that had a private pension plan, that pension plan is going to be supported by some kind of fund in that company. And you better believe Jew, Wall Street Jews have long since looted that shit through through stock price manipulations and mutual fund and and market crashes and and capital outflows and shit. They see a pile of money like that. I mean, this is one of the reasons why they want to talk about privatizing social security one social security is a source of some amount not total but some amount of security for americans knowing hey wait what mike was gonna say what did we all miss that is that because this is the free fag edition go to the rightstuffbiz slash paywall for your subscription today at least in my old age i will get a government check so i'll at least be able to eat hopefully somewhat but Jews are like, hey, uh, this is a big pile of money, and you know we got a lot of risky investments and and uh, kind of you know unstable financialized products going on in this in this financial market, and that could really be shored up by you know an infusion of that capital. We should really actually dump that that Social Security fund money rather than having the government guarantee money just by guaranteeing it. We should have all that money go into say stock market, mm. and then people could have stock market accounts. Because that's always safe. Yeah, isn't it interesting how every type of retirement plan is effectively is is it's a pinned down into, into, into gambling in the in the stock market? Yeah, everything. I like, oh, well, we got a four hundred one k. You know, we got mutual funds. We got this other stuff you could do. Yeah, 
And it's one thing, it's like, now, I get a lot of people have, people will sometimes respond, or conservatives used to respond to these critiques by saying, yeah, but look at stock values now versus stock values uh, like 30 years ago or whatever. Look, they're so much higher. You always win. I'm like, well, you win unless you don't, right? But there's some people that don't because people that retired right around the year 2008, they did not win. Those people did not win. They got fucked. So, uh, you know, when you say like, yeah, you're always going to win or blah, blah, it's like, well, no. Well, I mean, house, houses are just always get more expensive every year. They, 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 the price of a house goes up. Uh, housing is just always a good investment, right? There's literally never a time when the housing market isn't just doing phenomenal. My thing is this, just, though. Just invest your money in houses, right? Why? Because <laughs> that won't cause any issues. My thing is like, no, why? No history of it ever causing any issues. But issue. the thing is like, why don't we just have a guarantee? Why not just have guarantees? I mean, effectively, what we're finding out is banks get that. Like, one of the things that they're doing right now is basically the ECB and the Fed are just saying, yeah, we're just going to basically cover these banks. But the funny thing is, what one of the one of the things they're doing, actually, I meant to go into this before, one of the, when I was talking about the bailout issue, one of the things they're doing is they're not having it be obvious, like, government bailouts. They're having other banks bail out the the problem bank so ubs just bought credit sussy and in america like 20 banks dumped 30 billion into this thing called first republic bank even and first republic bank stocks are still going down so you had a bunch of the bigger banks put liquidity into first republic bank in order so it didn't crash which would and the only reason they cared if it crashed was that it would further erode confidence in the banking sector, it would drive bank stocks lower. If bank stocks go lower, then banks can't use their own stocks to like cap. They can't like sell their own stock to get cash. Like again, it's another, it's another asset that they're holding that is becomes an unrealized loss. Their bonds aren't worth as much. Now their stocks aren't worth as much. So these unrealized losses get worse. It's a cycle. This thing, this is the kind of thing where, um, Marxists used to talk about uh, – and it used to confuse me when I was when I was a budding young leftist. Marxists always talk about these contradictions of capitalism, and I could never get them to explain what that meant. But I feel like this is kind of one of those issues where it's like we have this uh, – it's not necessarily a contradiction. It's, it's basically incentives that clash. So you have a thing where in these kind of crises, every individual person – and the more money you have – the more this is your incentive. <laughs> it took a long time. Very good. Very good. It's the wrong font, Excellent. but it'll do. It, it, it works. It's fine. <laughs> it works. <laughs> so I, I, if I were a Marxist, this is what I would actually say. Instead of having like no explanation for these, these just slogan-like phrases like, oh, contradictions of capitalism. Well, here's one. Every person's incentive is something that would crash the system if they did it. So you're, if you're having a crisis like this right now, like where you're like, oh, the bank's not going to have enough money. So I take my money out. Well, the more you do that, the worse the crisis gets. So the institutional interest in, in staying afloat totally clashes with the individual interest with keeping your money. So you have this is a not necessarily a contradiction, but it's two clashing incentives. And what they do in this situation is they bring in the government to try and basically make it so people will keep their money in the bank. Somebody was telling me just this morning 
our buddy at the Justice Report was saying he he had found a thing from last year where some Democrat senator was on the Senate floor, maybe the House floor. I'd have to look into it, saying like they wanted to be able to um, one of the reasons to censor disinfo on social so-called disinfo on social media would be to prevent bank runs. Now, I don't know that this senator or this congressperson had any clue about this instability in the financial system because a lot of times politicians are idiots and don't understand any of this stuff themselves. But I think they were probably what they were doing is they were taking something they know the system is sensitive to the possibility of and just like using that as an excuse for censorship. But now I could see something like that happening where if you're like, everybody take your money out of this bank, he's getting in trouble for that. Because like, which you shouldn't, I mean, you should be able to say that all you want, but because if everybody did it, then it's like, you're now creating the problem. It's like, well, see the banking system itself. That's like yelling fire in a crowded movie theater. You're not supposed to do that. But what if there's actually a fire? Yeah. But it'll get worse if you talk about it. Yes, actually, if you, because, because if you yell, you're kind of like, you're kind of like, you kind of like it's like blow your blow on a fire. You know how it gets you bigger when you blow on it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're like you're like pumping the bellows. Better to just well, every, what you should do. Well, if you're part of the Jewish establishment, it's more important. It's like it's more important to not make to make sure no one finds out that you started a fire in the theater. So even if that means just like it burns down with everybody in it. Yeah, it's better for that theater you. to just quietly burn down and then pretending it doesn't happen. Yeah, that's not a fire. It's a peaceful sunset. Right. Yeah. Just, just yeah. what you want to do is you want to lock the doors. That's the real problem. Well, the issue is you want to lock the doors. And then you can say, well, those people died of carbon monoxide poisoning, not fire. There was no fire. They they died of inhaling and, gas. And if you're a Republican, you're like, there are a lot of gays and blacks in there. This is unacceptable. <laughs> yeah, we can't. The fact that there, it, it would have been okay if it was just working class white people. Yeah, I, actually, <laughs> but unfortunately, we had like homosexuals and blacks and homosexual blacks. Even worse. Yeah. Or even yeah, even better, or worse, whichever way you look at it, you know. You had ideologically conservative uh, trannies in there. Trannies <laughs> with conservative values, <laughs> which means that they also love gays and blacks, I guess. And that's, yeah, that's just unfair. That's the best the conservative. Conservative value is loving gays, yeah. blacks, and Israel. <clears throat> yeah, I saw some. I saw some Blair White shit the other day. Oh, and I was oh. like, how can Blair White? Like, well, how can anybody consider this person to be of conservative values? Oh, Blair White loves gays and blacks. That's how I forgot about that. Yeah. So Jamie was saying she saw something where some tranny was actually. Oh hi! Here's another interruption. That's pre-recorded. Go to the rightstuff.biz slash paywall and pay for a subscription. We need your support. We need your help. We can't do this for free because we're Jews. Accurately, kind of accurately, like, diagnosing the tranny phenomenon, saying, oh. like, it's a way for white, white kids who are told nothing but they're evil and oppressor for them to, like, get out of that role and join the ranks of, like, by claiming to be trans, you can... You can get out of the role of supposedly being the oppressor, which actually, in reality, works out that you are oppressed. Because when you're classified as oppressor, you can do no right. You can you can say no right. Anything you say can – any other person can say you have to shut up. You're privileged. And so you actually become the lowest on the totem pole when you're identified as the privileged or the – I mean it's, it's pretty clear how this works narratively. And it plays out like this socially, particularly in places like schools. 
So if you want to go from being on the bottom to being on the top, you go from the pretense of being on the bottom to actually, you know, uh, let's not use these metaphors. My point is uh, you'd say I'm a tranny. And now you're no longer a member of the evil oppressed. You're uh, the evil oppressor. You're now the wondrous and glorious oppressed, oppressed, and therefore you get to oppress. What you now do is you get to wield power because that's what those that's what all kids. And this is the thing, even though they're kids, kids can be sneaky people too. Particularly, you know, once you're in like high school age, you can be sneaky and manipulative people too. And they will identify as this in order to bully people. And it's a much more effective form of bullying because it's not like when we were in high school, like. You're a faggot. Here, get up against the wall. We're going to play ass. Like, you know, you know, you know, that. I'm not saying like gay, you know, the thing where you throw the tennis ball and you try and hit the guy in the ass. And if you miss, you, what, you know, you know that game, right? You have to field the ball and whatever. That's what we used to. That was a bullying thing. And the thing is, everyone felt bullied because if you sucked, if you had like stone hands and you sucked at fielding the tennis ball, you were, you were going to get, you were going to go up against the wall and people are going to pitch the ball at you. And that sucked. And that was bullying. But, uh, this is different than that because this is basically like, yeah, I'm going to like destroy your future and your whole family because you crossed, because you crossed me. You, I pretend like I'm a woman and you, you crossed me. And so now like I get to destroy your entire life. I get to, because I have decided to identify as a system approved of press category. I'm allowed to make your life hell. And that's the attraction. Yeah. They call it cry bullying. You get to be a cry bully, right? I mean, that's what it is. I mean, that's a that's a that's a that's a term that's been around for a while. I mean, the, who's the original cry bully? I mean, what's the uh, what what group kind of pioneered this as a method of social control, as a method of manipulating other groups? I mean, is there any? Huh. I mean, I say it was the Israelis, but they're actually under our control. So yeah, we we actually cry bully schemes. the Israelis. Mm. Mm. Well, it's not just the, the Israel doing it is just an example. <laughs> Jews mastered this technique, and Israel Israel is the is the biggest cry bully on the international stage. But the funny thing is, because it's like kind of a people kind of see through that. Most people see through that, unless they willfully don't want to. The people that don't see through it are people who are kind of like in America and cut off from all other sources of information, just because you know the source of information you typically go to just constantly tell you. The funniest, have you ever seen this? Have you ever seen this, the kind of pitches they make to, to Christians, like evangelicals and, and, and people in the middle of the country and mega church type people and stuff? They always make this pitch. It's very funny. They say, like, freedom of religion is under attack in Israel. People are being attacked just for their Jewish faith. And I'm like... Jamie, pull up that clip of those two Jews knocking over uh, Christian graves in Jerusalem. Right, yeah. I'm, I'm also <laughs> just like, see, yeah, as that's someone who knew, even prior to, you know, recent, like 20 years ago, who understood what Israel was about, I was like, it's not really, it's kind of like a fundamental category error in even discussing the issue. <laughs> it's not even because it's like Judaism isn't a religion, but it's like, to have a foreign group come in, occupy a country, and like try and eradicate the former inhabitants, and then complain that they're being discriminated against for their religion is a little bit—it's like a lunatic level of dishonesty about what's going on. But they always—that's the pitch they make to Christians because Christians feel like their religion is under attack, so they're like, 
freedom of religion. And they, and what they'll do is they'll show like the Palestinians at like the mosque and stuff and doing their thing with their green headbands and like the machine guns and stuff. And they're like, it's never been more dangerous to express your Jewish faith in Israel. And people are like, oh, how could you not be Jewish in Israel? And it's just like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's the worst. Uh... But I'm like, good, good. Like, I don't care. Like, I just don't care. I just do not care. When Jews. This is pretty annoying, huh? All this can go away. You bought a paywall. Rightstuff.biz slash paywall. Are oppressed. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. It does not bother me at all. Because it's not my problem. I mean, look, they're doing it to me. Why should I care? But anyway, there's no reason why you should. No, and and the worst is when I see, oh man, when people try and like link when Jews are increasing, and this is how you know we're making some headway because you have Jews like desperately trying to gatekeep and manage the right-wing um, response to so-called wokeness and to turn it into a movement against the anti-Semitism and make that be kind of like it's... That's thing. the video we did play last week. We were going to play the video of the uh, the Jew trying to define what wokeness was. We should do that. Oh, do we have I that? Find it again. God damn it. Apparently, uh, I, I saw yesterday that Jen Psaki and her tits have a show on MSNBC now. Yes. And yeah, wasn't that why she left her job at the White House? Was it, was it called Between Two Bobs? No, it's between. It's Does called, she have? Bo- I never noticed her as a bob haver. It's called Inside I mean, with Jen Inside Jen You never noticed her as a bob haver? I mean, I knew she I mean, was a woman, therefore a bob haver, but I never. No, noticed but I mean, like she has like significant. She had somewhat massive milkers, and there's like all kinds of hilarious, like hard nipple pictures of her. Unless they're shopped, I don't know. I've seen on Twitter, but wow, this is a rabbit hole I could go down. Jen Psaki has these giant milkers and this like beer gut. It's funny. She looks yeah, like she's pregnant. She's, but, you, you look but, at her and you're but, like, it's she not a beer gut. We call that a fuck tummy. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. Jen Psaki's one of these broads. You look at her, you're like, on first glance, you're like she might be attractive. But you take like a second look, yeah. and then the red pencil comes out. It's like maybe she was attractive, but and you start like circling all the problems. But her first like it's big all the like problem areas. But her her first like hard hitting piece on this show apparently is how like wokeness doesn't exist and republicans are all just liars which is yeah, which is like they're liars and they and it, she said she makes a funny critique of it of anti, of the anti-woke movement where she says like if the thing you're against you can't explain it and no one understands it and it doesn't exist it's like well yeah that's perfectly describes like the republican conservative response right, to wokeness right. they 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 can't describe that, it they can't accurately yes. say what it is because that would give some that would There'd be some quiet things being said out loud that they don't want anybody going well, down those rabbit holes. They have to stick up for white people, yeah. and they don't want to. So I can explain and they have, what and they have to talk wokeness about, is. And they have Jen. to talk about Jewishness, and they were, are never going to do that. Right. There's a number of issues. There's a number of like problems with wokeness that like people hate it. Therefore, there has to be a response, but the response has to be retarded and incoherent. Otherwise, it would latch onto things that are real. And this then makes it easy for people like Jen Psaki and liberals and leftists to mock these people. What's so funny is it should be a fucking slam dunk. This shit is unpopular. People hate it. It's disgusting. It's immoral. It's awful. And it destroys people's lives. Yet because conservatives cannot name it, cannot call it what it is, they continually take L's in public on it. Right. Like just like I was saying where they, they, they had these leftists went to CPAC. 
And they were talking to the people there and they're asking them what wokeness is and no one there could fucking explain it. And I'm assuming Jen Psaki is, is playing off that same phenomenon. Pretty much, yeah. Like they much. can't tell you what it is. Right. What is it? And no, they can't. Remember, you, we even talked about this a couple of years ago when fucking Chris Rufo was on the show with God. What's that black guy who got in trouble for supporting Palestine? What's his name? Mark Lamont Hill. Wait, there it is. Oh, yeah. That guy. So he was on the show. Chris Rufo was on the show with Mark Lamont Hill. And Mark Lamont Hill actually got right to the heart of it where he said, Chris, can you tell me something you like about being white? Mm-hmm. He couldn't fucking answer no. the question. And like I say now, you don't even have to be able to have a bunch of specific checklist items. I would just say, you know what, Mark? I am white and I love being white because I love who I am. I love my people. I love my race. Do you feel that way about blacks? Well, then you should understand how I feel about my race. And that's all you have to say. I don't need to have a checklist of items. I don't need to be a Bach or a Beethoven aficionado. I don't need to understand every piece of classical art or know every great European painter or, or be able to analyze the history of European architecture to know that Europeans, white people, have created beautiful and majestic civilization. Now, I don't need any – I know it by nature. It's part of me. So that's what I love about being white, Mark. All right. So we got this uh, – And what but is Chris this? Rufo couldn't say that. Rihanna he Joy just repeated Gray? the idea that it's bad to say someone's oppressed and someone's oppressor. And, and that actually is a stupid idea too. This, this, this clip's actually worse. Let's just play this. Yeah. All right. I've got it. Bethany, hold on. I think, I, think or, I still have we, the. Uh, is Jen Psaki opening bobs for no, Richie no, Sunak? No, no, no. This, this is a, uh, an ugly looking Jewess. Oh God. Yeah, there's no there's no bobs I want to see here. Not without a brown bag. Yeah. Ah! Let's see. Here we go. And for Americans oh, consider yeah, themselves the very liberal. Striker put on his article. Yeah. Okay. And for Americans oh, consider themselves very liberal. And probably fewer of them consider themselves to be woke. And so, you know, when when what, we what talk about traditional. What does that mean to you? Red, would you mind defining woke? Because it's come up a couple times, and I just want to. It's a dumb nigger word for Jewish fucking degeneracy. Make sure that's my that's my definition. What's funny page. is Brianna Joy Gray continually owns these people because of this issue. Mm-hmm. It's easy. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. So, <laughs> I mean, woke is sort of the idea that. Um... <laughs> come on, <laughs> I. Wow. This is going to be one of those moments that goes viral. I mean, woke is something that's very hard so to define, and we've spent an entire chapter. She just said it's hard to define. Come on. I mean, yeah. woke is something that's very hard to define, and we've spent an entire chapter defining it. Oh, my God. It is sort of the understanding that we need to re- to- totally reimagine and re- re- redo society in order to create hierarchies of what? oppression. Um What? I mean, I think she sees. Sorry, she I, means to it's, it's hard to explain in a 15 second soundbite. Yeah. No, it's not. Dude, look at that same fucking nerd. That same nerd. This time they're in reverse oppression order. Yeah. Brianna Joy Gray took the took the throne there. Yeah. No, I mean that is. Yeah. That's pathetic. They can't do it. Well, okay, Bethany Mandel. Why are you even the one running this? Bethany Mandel. The fact that someone named Rip Bethany. Hey, everybody. Jordan Peterson here. I wrote a book about 12 rules for how to live your life, and I have a 13th rule for you. Subscribe to TRS. Go to therightstuff.biz slash paywall and pick the payment option that best suits your needs. She wrote a book about the subject. A book. 
how do you write a book and then you can't just pop off the definition immediately? Oh, that's yeah, well, I can't define it in 15 seconds. Why not? Give me the give me the basic points. 15 seconds isn't such a short period of time. You can't do a fundamental issue. Like you should be able to describe it. What does it uh, mean to be a communist? Hold on, what's this nigga say? You can describe that in 15 seconds. Woke used to mean being aware or being awake to the technology, to discrimination and prejudice and injustice. Now it's just another dog whistle for niggas. Woke used to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's right. This guy knows. This guy knows. Right? This guy knows. <laughs> it was actually pretty good. I mean. No, I mean, I mean he's got a better definition. He's more on top of it than Bethany Mandel. I'm assuming he is so-called woke. Just I mean, another way to say nigger. Right. I mean, and the thing is, ultimately, if that that's something, frankly, that is something that liberals, leftists should double and triple down on because you will get conservatives running in. If you want to watch them, like just like that, that 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 conservative, like dropped his pants and ran around with his ass out because Sasha Baron Cohen told him to remember that guy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like you know like you will get conservatives doing that if you say woke is just a dog whistle for nigger conservatives will literally like run around in circles with their ass out in order to like avoid that like so yeah I mean it's I guess, just I guess we're all having a bit of a, co- uh, a competition now to see who can define woke we got here. Well, the thing is, Woke. it's funny to me how long okay. it took leftists to pick up on this, because if you go back and you listen to my NJP speeches for like the last year, really all time. But I was fo- been focusing on this uh, actually year and a half. I think the first one I did was maybe I did CRT means anti-white. That was the speech. I think that was a year and a half ago, maybe a little bit more when I did that speech. It's actually my shortest speech, only 15 minutes. But um, I said this. And they have left themselves open to this. And this is the problem. When you, because, and, but it's not even like they left themselves open. The fundamental logic of what they're doing means that this is a trap that was always there. And now it's only – it's funny that only now are all these people picking up on this. Only now are they picking up on it because woke and anti-woke as terms, as, as descriptions of what's going on, like you never hear SJW anymore. SJW is something mm. you could actually – Define though, like if you were to ask like Sergen what SJW was, he could actually what he would tell you is like some crazy feminist or something like that, right? You're just because like it's okay. one. It's you, but you're doing it for white people. Well, I don't SJW. I know that's just where that that's where that led. That's the same. Like kind my of answer thing. to that is like, yeah, all right. Like how long before like you're just woke for white people? You're oh, just dude, doing wokeness for everyone. What areas? time is it? It's been, it, dude. It's like, <laughs> it's not even. It's like, how long? So I can know how long it's been since they said that. Like, I'm sure they have been saying that. I actually haven't seen because, that yet. Well, uh, Sargon, no matter what, uh, I don't watch will that gatekeep guy. Yeah. against any kind of like they, they'll attack. See, here's the here's the here's the other tier. So then you have a next tier of Sargon who's actually not acceptable, particularly after his election campaign and all that stuff. He's not acceptable in the mainstream. But he will say it's anti-white, but he will gatekeep a pro-white response, or he will attempt to. He's not having success because mm. all he's done is make himself pretty irrelevant in Britain, and Mark Mark Collette is like significantly more relevant in the the so-called dissident sphere uh, than uh, Mark and Laura are significantly more powerful is, and relevant know, in that sphere than fucking Sargon. I'm reading through this thread, and people are just sort of like talking about woke as being a, a bad placeholder word for these other 
these other concepts. It's like, yeah, I do really resent that this is the word. This is the word that is used for the concept. What's because it, it is an annoying nigger word. Like, there's a few niggers in this thread talking about how that. It's just I mean, anti-white. About, about other, yeah, it's anti-white. Is, but it's like it's funny. It's, it's anti-white ideology. But it's just funny that like niggers are complaining that it's a slang term that was been appropriated away from them. And I, I just, okay. I just hate, I hate that it's, it. and it's like no better, fit, there's no more fitting term for basically a concept you want to make sure that you can't mount an actual defense against in, in sort of mainstream politics. You put this stupid word on it. So every time you talk about it, you look as dumb as that, as that broad dude. You're like, you can't define it. Like, not only can you not define it, but you're, you're walking around saying, woke as woke, yo. It's like, it's fucking stupid. It's such a garbage, well, per- have been it's, a, it's such years, a garbage, man. like perfectly American fucking phenomenon. That this is the thing we Niggas say. This is the thing. That woke shit. This is the thing we that we. Been... This is the thing that we say when we're addressing anti-white oppression, but we're desperately trying not to acknowledge it without or ever solve. Yeah, ever without ever advocating, we'll use this dumb word for it, and everyone can chime in about. Yeah. Right. Well, see, the problem is because Bethany Mandel is just as committed. Yeah. To anti-whiteness, if not more, probably more. Bethany Mandel is probably more anti-white than Brianna Joy Gray. In fact, I know that she is. <laughs> Because I have seen Brianna Joy Gray talk to Jews. She actually – one of the funniest things ever is watching Brianna Joy Gray interview Jews. She always thunderstrikes them. Yeah. And she thunderstruck Talia Lavin. I remember, yeah. She thunderstruck uh, – what's that chick's name? Crystal Ball. Is she Jew- – Crystal Ball is Jewish, right? Alex? Alex know. knows this. Crystal I can't Ball. remember if she's Jewish or not. There was some Jew in that sphere – and we played the audio of Brianna Joy Gray talking to her. I can't even remember. I have to think back. This is something that's kind of slipping away. We played some audio of her, like, running this Jew in circles. Oh, it was about Jew- Jews if they're privileged or not. And discussing the idea of Jewish privilege. And she had this Jewish girl <laughs> going in fucking circles. Because what she does is she just asks for, like, kind of a straight answer on what things mean or what we're talking about. And these Jews are like, sorry, that's off the th- We can't do that. We're not going to do that. Remember, that was the one where she was saying, like, she said to this Jewish girl, she said, like, well, you know, we talk a lot about um, white racism and stuff. But what do we do? How do you handle somebody who has is white and never thought they would be racist and doesn't have any inherent bad feelings towards blacks? But then they are victimized by black criminals and they say, well, I'm just going to avoid black people from now on. I'm, go- I'm going to get away. And this is even before the Scott Adams thing. So Brianna Joy Gray is asking this of a Jew. And the Jew's like, I don't understand the question. What do you mean? And she's, she's like, are you saying like what? If there's a white person who looks at crime statistics and starts developing ideas that black people are a bunch of criminals. She's like, no, no, no. I'm talking about what about a white person who's actually victimized <laughs> violently by blacks and decides as a result of that they want to get away from black people. How do you talk to that person? And the Jew is like, I'm sorry, this question is like way too concrete. I, I can't uh, I can't work in concretes like this. I, mm. I need to make everything into an abstraction and distract from the issue and talk about nothing. I, I, I don't know. I can't answer a straightforward, concrete question like that. I don't know. Because the answer is you can't do anything about that. The answer is like you have to just let that white person do what they want. Like that's the as the moral correct answer. Oh, hey, Goy. Herschel here. Are you listening to a free fag episode of The Daily Shower? Do you need a small personal loan so you can afford a paywall subscription? 
I may be able to help you out. For the very low price of just $10 a month, you can listen to Mike finish his talking points without annoying promotional bits like this one. Log on to therightstuff.biz slash paywall and pick the payment option that best suits your white man's agency level. E-checks, money order by mail, or cryptocurrency. Support TRS's efforts in shutting down yids like me. But Or even better, even better... You could Am actually create uh, an environment where I've that white person's is, is safety is protected by the state. That would be a better response. You could actually create an environment where that white person felt that they could safely go out and interact with society because the state and the police See, were protecting ordinary citizens. That would be a very good <laughs> answer to that question. It's funny because these people toss out these definitions of woke, the people that are pro-woke. And it's so easy to just like <laughs> – it would be so easy to counter these. Like it says, woke means awaken to the needs of others. Except white people. To be well-informed, thoughtful, compassionate, humble, and kind to everyone except white people. Eager to make the world a better place for all people, but not white people. I mean, that's... That, I mean, those are all bullshit, though, because that's not. I mean, those are well, equally bullshit. Because, but when you can't, when like, you can't, you yeah. can't define it and go up against that right. because your your goal is to not ever advocate for white people, so you can't. But that's what that is, like, because the the real the real definition is like not all people. Well, right. If you can't. Well, all you had to do, all you'd have to do if you were a conservative and some woke person said this to you, how can you be anti-woke? Woke means like awaken to the needs of others and wanting a better world for everyone, including white people. Yeah. Like, no, not that. Explain no. to me how woke means a better world for white people. Yeah. Explain it. No, we're what doing, they would say. Doing a transfer of, of good gonna, world from white people to the other people. If they were going to say anything. What they would say is something like this, which is totally bullshit, but I could see them doing it, yeah. is they would do a rationalization hamster wheel where they'd be like, well, by being – by understanding their own nature as privileged and historical oppressors of these other groups, white people, by acknowledging this and breaking this cycle, will thereby themselves become better people. So this is how it's good. So basically giving up all your th- – giving up your social position and your country and your status, giving that all up to others makes you a better person. That that would be effectively the answer if they were quick on their feet enough to formulate mm-hmm. an answer. But most like – but then I would be like, well, that how is it actually – how is that good for white people? And then, then the answer would be, okay, so should Jewish people do that? Yeah. That's just the next one. I mean this is why we win all these arguments because – you know why? Because we speak in concretes. We talk about actual groups as groups. This is why they get mad at us. Fundamentally, it's not necessarily because we say nigger. People get mad because we say nigger. Like this is one of the things that they say is terrible about all oh, these guys say nigger. The real reason they hate this show and they hate our our movement, our little section of this of this of this world, this political world, this little group that we have, and this these narratives that we put out. The real reason. I had somebody say to me, you know, Mike, I've never seen anybody. As censored as you are, where like you can't be searched on the internet, you're kicked off everything, and every time one of these major hosts of these other political platforms on YouTube or even on something else even comes across your name, like if they get someone interested in having you as a guest, they immediately back off and run away. Um, and uh, and I was like, yeah, no, I've been experiencing this for years, and the reason is because it's not even because like. Oh, God, this guy is a racist. It's because we talk about concrete groups, actual people in their designated groups and what those group interests are Mm -hmm. and how those things clash. And that's the one thing that Jews don't want you to do. 
Right. Because when you start talking about concrete groups and concrete group interests as if these are real, these are this is what politics fundamentally is. If if we don't have groups and we don't have groups with interests and those interests clash, then there's no arena of politics. I'm no interested in concrete. Yeah. I'm interested in concrete. Mm. Right. Particularly concrete in its wet phase when it's most susceptible for Prussian blue to form. <laughs> it's not quite dry, but it's still, you know, you, it's, not, it's not totally. You're not supposed to be of, concrete. You're supposed to be the grain of sand. Yet. It's just, it's almost totally cured, but it's still a little bit wet. You know, then you, that's you're when the supposed, be really, you, really can turn out a bright, you, really brilliant you, blue color. You're supposed to be the individual yeah. grain of sand in the concrete bag that can't amount to anything. It just crumbles. You can't be concrete in your group. That's no good. No, I want to be a grain of sand that cures into a hard concrete wall. It cures into, yes. It collectively bonds with the other granules. Yes, and and it forms a very hard substance that Jews can't break through. A little bit of water. Ugly bags. Ugly bags of mostly Portland cement. (laughs) (laughs) Ugly bags of mostly quickcrete. (laughs) It's very good. Uh, Dude, if you have quick creek like hanging around in your garage from over a year, you might as well just you might as well write it off. That's well, just gonna be a rock. Well, no, yeah, now, it's, now it's now it's a concrete block. Congratulations. I think that might just be all concrete, but quick creek particularly because even just like if it rains out. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like, like it's a little humid, <laughs> the chemical reaction. Yeah, yeah. 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 I had a bunch because I planned on repairing my um Repairing my fire pit, like, you know, because it's got, you know, it's kind of coming apart a little bit, but I need to shore it up a little bit. Yeah, now I'm going to have to get some new stuff because that, that shit is just a rock now. Anyway. Mm. Speaking of open bobs, looks like Indian Bronson has been suspended from Twitter. What happened? Oh, no. Was he suspended for cringe? Can no. they suspend Cat Turd next? Oh, please let it happen. Dude, there's something, there's some like censorship I would be in favor of, like Cat Turd. Like, if he would just go away. Because it's not like Cat Turd says anything. He's just, just like, literally, Cat Turd's like, oh, he's back. Every day it's like, good morning. Good morning to everybody except the Biden administration. It's like six million likes. It's like, dude, can we, can we uh, not be retarded here? Nintendo Bronson's account is right. That is the the last time I trust uh, Pedro for anything. I felt Pedro for, retweeting Indian Bronson? No, Pedro tweeted a fake screenshot, I guess, of Indian Bronson's count, account being suspended. I, and I fell for it. Why I'm the sorry. fuck would he care? I don't know. Dude, that's what's so annoying about us being banned from these platforms is fucking guys like Indian Bronson are getting like views and shit on their dumb shit. Oh, no, it wasn't God him. Damn it. it was somebody else. Okay, thank God. Still, Pedro is, is is kind of overall disappointing. Well, I mean, the only what? reason you even like his tweets is because like we're not on Twitter, and he's getting like he basically copies us and then sanitizes our. Shit. Why I am I seeing this tweet? Like some like this this tweet is on my timeline for like no I don't follow this person, but it's an Indian Bronson account suspended. I don't know who this person is. Corona light. Corona light. No. Why? Why does anyone even care? Like, I have no idea who that is. Why would that? That's there's nothing in remotely in my. Maybe interest. somebody changed their name. I don't know. Maybe Twitter algorithm figured out that you your long term like annoyance with Indian oh maybe tw- yeah maybe Twitter Twitter remember Twitter's listening through like it might the, be uh, that smart. Like, oh hey you hate this guy right? Sorta. Hey it's your worst possible nightmare. It's the sound of Borzoi interrupting whatever wonderful talking point Mike is making right now, interrupting your own train of thought. 
and you're in this position listening to me right now, well, because you're listening to the free version of this show. You're not even getting all the content, and now you have to listen to me. Is this what you want? Is it really? This is the, You want to hear this? You want to hear me? That just can't possibly be what you want. So if you want to rectify that issue, go to therightstuff.biz slash paywall. You can make one-time donations and get three months, six months, even a year. So why are you doing this to yourself? This has to be especially troubling because I'm not even going to check the audio on how this sounds. So you could also be listening to just terrible audio right now. So why not just stop doing this to yourself and get behind the paywall at the right stuff dot biz slash paywall? Well, that's a pretty safe bet. <laughs> I mean, for most people, that's a safe bet. Oh, yeah, there's Pajit who tries to take white nationalists and distract them into stupid manosphere and neo-reactionary shit. Yeah, I hate that guy. Mm. Fuck him. Stop doing that. Just shut up. Go back to India. Oh, there's a whole bunch of oh, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of people tweeting that and they're like tagging Cernovich and Elon Musk. They must have heard they must have heard the bat signal, the Bob signal. Yeah, so so Cernovich, Elon Musk is going to come to he's he's going to come to the rescue. Like any any retarded any retarded like NRX account that like mm. misses the point on everything do we and need, is like a brown person, Elon Musk is right which, there for them. Do we need to talk about like is Donald Trump going to be arrested tomorrow? We that, can talk about it. I mean, my I... My wife keeps asking me about that, and I'm like, I don't even know anything about it, really. They're going to indict sure. him, I think. I mean, the the, the New York... Um, what's funny is the pro- in response to Trump saying this and then calling for a protest, some people did go, very few, very small number, but a few. But the New York uh, prosecutor, some black dude, yeah, I forget his name, I had to look, he comes out and he said, we will not tolerate these threats to, like, rule of law and security. I'm like, what threat? What are you fucking talking about? Oh, I saw I saw a meme where it's like Donald Trump doesn't want to get arrested on Tuesday in New York City, so he's gonna go commit a violent felony. He should join a black gang. He should throw an Asian onto the train tracks. Yeah. Or punch one in the face on camera. I could punch an Asian in the face on Fifth Avenue and I wouldn't even have to post bail. He should give himself like (laughs) several extra doses of that orange spray. <laughs> get get like a nice brownish hue on his skin, and they won't get arrested. I'm gonna I mean, go yeah, find, basically. I'm gonna go I, find. I don't know, dude. I'm gonna go find Rick Moranis and tackle his bitch ass on the sidewalk. <laughs> dude, that's something that I would love to see. Remember that nigger took him out. <laughs> yeah, that. Would, I mean, again, you know, it was I was of mixed feelings because I was like that nigger probably did it because he thought he, he's like there's a there's a nerdy white guy let me just go attack him because there's no punishment for it and then it was like Rick Moranis so it's like whatever dude I saw this thing on Ock Nation this nigger on the subway walked into a subway car because sometimes the, if you look if you turn into his streams yeah I'm doing the thing where I'm occasionally watching his streams again I go in bursts because it gets tedious and then I'm like okay there's some funny stuff. They're now just they just like go through YouTube videos of just like black people shit and they just discuss right. it for like hours. One of the random ones that he brought up just is and I guess they get him from the audience. Some okay. nigger just like walks into a subway car. You know how you walk between the cars? So the subway's moving and he walks into a new car. He's got like a bag with him. And there's a white guy sitting there, he's just like typing on his phone or whatever, and a nigger like taps him on the head and gets his attention. The white guy looks up and he dumps a bag of fucking rats on him. He had a bunch of rats in the bag, and he just dumped the rats on this white dude, and then he kept walking. White dude didn't do anything, and no one did anything to help. 
I mean, that, that's like that, what? Yeah. The, and obviously it was set up because somebody was filming it. Like it was it was literally taken from obviously the nigger that dumped the rats had an accomplice who was standing there filming. It wasn't just random because he was filming before the dude walked in and yeah, the was, say, was like perfectly so, set. Was this like some comedy show or was this like a TikTok no, setup? No, it was or just or something just, that happened. Just nigger crime? Just documenting the... But it's like, think about think about the level of like animosity and race hate you would have to have to do something like that. Like that was purely motivated by racial hate. And I don't even know if that nigga was arrested because he just kept walking. And all the white dude did was get, obviously he got, he like started taking off his shirt and getting the rats off of him and whatnot. But it's just like, and what are you going to do? He's just yelling like, what the fuck? The problem is in these situations, I remember when I lived in New York and you'd hear about the occasional, um, beating or attack. And then you say, Oh, and everyone stood around looking on. The reason that happens is because people are afraid of getting fucking stabbed. Because yeah. I remember there was a case where a good Samaritan jumped in. when we saw a nigger beating somebody. This was several years ago. I was still living in New York. He's got stabbed to death. The guy that jumped in, in, in the middle of a nigger beating, the nigger pulled out a knife and stabbed him. And the guy Make died. Make sure your uh, abs are freaking ripped when you jump in to try to stop an assault of. on the subway. They're going to get stabbed with a knife. say, you know, on the subway, White when people, I would see niggers acting up, I would just this. get the fuck out of there, My too, because I'm not armed. And I don't know what they've got. They might have a fucking butcher knife someplace. Fucking carve me up if I try and fuck with them. I don't need that. So, And everyone's afraid of that. So what do you do? This is a problem. This is a fucking problem when you don't have these fucking violent niggers just being, like, put down with brutal state force. Yeah. You know, this is what happens. Like, the answer to this is not everyone needs to get balls. One of the things I don't like about the some of the responses to this, and, of course, the white guy on Ock Nation was saying, like, well, I got no sympathy. He shouldn't be living there. And I'm like, eh, see, that's part of the problem. Because <sighs> I, I get it. I get that feeling. But at the same time, you should be outraged that anywhere in America, yeah, a nigger be... can throw a bag of rats on a white man with impunity. Yeah, you you should... should be outraged by the fact that that exists at all. You should, be, out, you should be outraged that the, the country or the city is run in such a way where that where nothing right. gets done about that. I mean, was there a manhunt? You Did a manhunt ensue no for the rat throwers? Like, no. Just like, oh, well, at least no one got killed. I mean, Right. Right. When when you say like I have no sympathy because of where he chooses to live, hey, you don't know that he chooses to live there. He might be trapped in some kind of cycle where he doesn't have enough money to get out. You also you're saying like it's acceptable for there to be a place where this happens at all. Yep. That's if you're hearing my voice right now, something has gone terribly, terribly wrong. Unless this is just how you want to live. Who am I to tell people to stop listening to free content that's constantly interrupted that has to deal with my voice and whatever audio quality this is going to come out in? Who am I to tell people that they should be getting behind the paywall at the right stuff dot biz slash paywall? Especially if they're not white, which I assume that's what, what you probably are if you're hearing my voice right now. This is... That's just, that's just my assumption. I could be wrong, but I mean, if you're not white, legally you do have to tell me that you're not white. This was. I told Sven that I'd I'd record some commercials for him, and at first I thought I was going to put some effort into it, but then I realized, why don't I just ramble in the dumbest way possible and force you to listen to it? Because that's what you're doing right now. You are listening to this. What it, Mike was probably saying something very interesting, something very insightful, and now you're listening to me. Is this really what you want? Is this is this how you want to live? Do you want to be non-white? Because again, that's I just assume that's what you are. 
you could always fix that. You could rectify this problem by going to the rightstuff.biz slash paywall and getting yourself a subscription. And then you'll never have to hear me again, you know, unless I'm filling in or something. Kind of what you're saying. And I'm saying, no, it's not acceptable. No. It's not acceptable anywhere. I don't if, – if that can happen anywhere, every white person should be fucking ashamed. And, and that's what – that's Ock Nation's view, actually. Yeah. His view is literally, what the fuck is wrong with you white people? What the fuck is wrong well, with Well, we don't have any power, Ock Nation. Yeah. We're trying to fix that, but we just we, well, we just don't have – there's also various social – the one guy – there's one guy who can explain it fairly well who actually just basically mimics our talking points when he when he talks to him, explains like – he says basically white people are always are confused and at sea all the time because they they exist in an information system that is constantly yeah, messaging that. them. Yeah. The constant message is like if you try to do that yeah. which is deserved and the response is that like you're just you're just going to have your life ruined you're going to be destroyed. If, right. if the nigger and, doesn't and stab he, you like the the local DA will stab you in the back. Yeah. Just get Coupled thrown. with the, the information <clears throat> messaging system coupled with numerous examples of white people getting fucked for even interacting. Right. Well, is, the inter- is what keeps white people. Well, the information, in totally, the information so. that the system is delivering is not inaccurate. It's that, like you are not you're not to do anything about this. You're not allowed to. Right. You're, is you're there essentially be, this is allowed. You you are now you're, white, you're, you're the bad guy if you stand up if you do anything yeah. about this. Have you noticed the cops yeah. aren't doing anything? If you do if you get smart yeah. if you nut up and do something about it you're going to be destroyed. I mean that's that's the information they're giving out because that's how the like system reacts. View, currently. that white guy should have been able to shoot that nigger. Absolutely. Somebody does that to you, you should be able to pull your gun. Boom. Now you're fucking, you, you threw a bag of rats on me, now yep. you're dead. That's what you deserve for doing some shit like that to somebody. But, um, you know. I like that's the, just, uh, you know. I like that little uh, kerfuffle in the uh, bodega months and months ago. Remember that one? Just stuff like that. Which specific one? Oh, you know what? Yeah, there was a bunch of them. I guess that's not. I don't remember the names involved. So, <laughs> never mind. I withdraw. Bodega. I'm like, that's that's a broad. Well, it, wasn't it? Wasn't it New York? Wasn't New York City and its Jewish leadership sort of like they were they were hoisted on their own petard because you had like a, a nigger, It was like nigger versus immigrant, like bodega and like a stabbing, a shooting. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. that, so that it's like, Dominican guy. Now what fucking, do you do? As soon as the yeah. nigger made a move to go behind the counter, he just shot him. Yeah. no questions asked. And they wanted to pr- prosecute him, and he ran back to the Dominican Republic. Like, all of his family. This is the other thing. The Dominican community came together for this guy because, they one, they hate niggers, and they understand. And so what they did was they they quickly got him back to the Dominican Republic before any charges could be, could be filed against him. Mm. And everybody, everybody supported it. Everybody saw it. He's like, as soon as that nigger made a move to get behind the counter— there's no innocent reason to do that, and even if there is, I don't give a shit because I'm tired of nigger shit. Well, we can't get some. So, we can't get a race criminal back from the Dominican Republic anymore. What's America coming to? What are you kidding me? Yeah, I think I think he did he shoot him or did he stab him? I don't know. He, somehow he took a, him out. I remember I remember there being stabbings, but you're right. There's like a bunch of these, I so he, I don't I remember. He, exactly. I think he stabbed them. Anyway, but whatever. He we basically should, uh, didn't hesitate as soon as yeah. he saw him making a move. He just killed yeah. him. And well, we should uh, that's what you get. drop it right here. Take a quick break and uh, yeah. I guess hour two is all Star Trek. We're going to have yeah. to analyze the Chris Stuckman question. Yeah. We, we have a video clip. Because oh, no. the thing is, I'm familiar with this guy, and I have him on the background a lot of times. <laughs> Why does it not surprise me you watch this fucking guy? <clears throat> he watches he's, Scuffed he's, Letter Media. He watches Stuckman. It's called Chris he's, Scuffed he's, ba- he's basically just your, your typical basic bitch like movie reviewer, but he had this long video one day 
And I happen to have it going, and I'm listening half-interestedly, and I'm like, wait a minute, wait, oh, it's it's good. There's a special little treat well, coming. You're the enjoy issue it. I have here is that there's been a lot of drama and, and confusion about Chris Stockman and Red Letter Media, and we need to sit down, and we want to demand the various groups address this issue. No, I'm... And sit down and powwow with each Sorry. other and iron out an nope. agreement and address the community about how we're going to move forward. Well, move that's for- what we're going to watch move this, forward. this bit of video. Mike Saclasa forever. I mean, that's how we move forward. There's like, it doesn't matter. Oh, the you're to- going to definitely be on, on Mike Saclasa forever after you see this. Oh, he's the man. I, don't, I have no doubts in my mind. I don't even need the struggle session. I'm already there. Go to the rightstuff.biz slash paywall for your subscription today. I'm here without a struggle. I don't know, guys. I think we need to weigh all the options. We need okay, to well, get it all out of the that. table. Some new, some new information. Has, I'm going to bring it to light. We're going to have a learning experience right, right. together. More hmm. importantly, I think Mike needs to address the community. Well, Mike needs yeah. to and Mike's address the Klasa. concerns in the community. Mike Staklasa should step down and, and then name Rich Evans the, the uh, president of Red Litter Media. That's universally what those supporters would support. That's what they want. No, I think that. it should be Jay because no, Jay, not Jay. No, no, no. Because Jay is better looking. Not really. But Rich like, Evans is. Oh know. well. No, we'll I, I think I'm behind that. Rich Let Evans is the lead. <laughs> he's he's more popular. Mm, he's less. True. He's 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 less more abrasive. of like a a character that you can relate to. He's less of like Mike's the class of Frank. Let's be honest. He's kind of like an urbanite. He's kind of like a hoity-toity, like urbanite. He's a fast talker. People can't really relate to him. They're alienated by him. He's a little bit too smart. And he's kind of a more down homey feel imagine, guy like Rich Evans. Imagine a world with no laughter from Rich Evans. I mean, why even go on? Dick yeah. the birthday boy. Anyway, let's uh, we'll be let's back. Move forward. You are listening to the Daily Show as racist and sexist as they can be. We're gonna offend you, isn't it funny? La 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 la! 